All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Greetings, humans. Nuani Angiatus. We are the Ancients. My name is Andrew. I am a member of the Tauri, not an ancient. The fifth race. What an episode! Oh, it really is just the 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 axle upon which the wheel of Stargate turns. Um, I think the first series we got the mission for the the TV show in the first episode, Children of the Gods, where our loved ones are captured and we have to destroy the Goa'uld in order to get them back. And in this episode, in series two, we're taking a bit of a sidestep and saying, that's only one short-term goal. (laughs) The bigger goal here is to grow the entire human race. It's bigger than just us and what we want to do as individuals, it's about the species. And, ah, so good, meaning of life stuff. So I gave it one point as a reference to that, because I generally do give it a point when it pops up. (laughs) That's the very first line in the friggin' show. One point. And Daniel is giving this briefing about this planet he wants to go to, because he found this thing, and they're like, well... Why should we go, Daniel? What does it say? And he's like, I have no idea, but he's just so damn excited anyway. It might say, stay away from here. Never never come here. It's deathly poison. But he's just so excited in this briefing. He's like, it's so great. Let's go. <laughs> um, and of course, it's the friggin' ancient repository of knowledge, or as I like to call it, the face hugger. It's... Two points right here because it's an egregious homage to the Alien Aliens franchise, where the alien jumps onto your face and inserts things down your throat. <laughs> and I got one point there for the push and swell because it knocks out Jack O'Neill. And we go to roll credits. We come back from the credits. We got one more point immediately because the doctor is saying, "Well, there's nothing wrong with him." <laughs> I love when those get scored. Um, O'Neill, straight away, we know he's running hot, he's impatient, like, he, like he's got something burning, it's being the operative word, some kind of mission in the background, no one knows what it is, even he doesn't know what it is, and it's, uh, nothing Cruvis, <laughs> Falatus, you gotta move your cosars, it's so good, all the accidental sprinkling of words and the Freudian slips. No, I dadn't. <laughs> um, just popped right into my fron. I think that's my favorite one. When I think of Stargate, one of the first things I think of is fron. <laughs> um, I got a push and swell when he says Kosars to Teal in the boxing ring. Um, 
turns out O'Neill can read the writing because we figured out that he's downloaded an alien language. It's like the Matrix. I'm going to learn jujitsu. Exactly like that. And all of this stuff comes spilling out. It expands the world. We can now go other places. There are new gates that are not on the Avedos cartouche. I was mentioning a few episodes ago that we... I was unsure if that was still the thing, that we could only go to Abydos cartouche places, but I was right. And now in this episode, we've broken out of that, and we've got a whole lot of extra addresses. Just always remember, people, I was right. <laughs> One more point for a push and swell um, on that, and then we've got Daniel with some translating and giving a briefing. The... Ancients, we are the ancient ones, the builder of roads, gates, the ones who invented the gates. Ah, it's been so long that Daniel Jackson has been kind of working away on this problem, you know. We believe the Goal didn't build the gates, they were built by a much older species of aliens. It's all coming together in this episode. All of these threads are being picked up. Hooray! They've been dropping them everywhere, so it's great to see them picking them up. 10 equals 8. What does this mean? 10 equals 8, base 8 math. Yeah, 8 bits, like computers. Isn't that interesting that alien computers work on 8-bit uh, binary? <laughs> Just like human computers. Um, and again, Daniel Jackson, they try to give him this line that is going to be equal to the meaning of life stuff line. This is the most important thing we've ever done since we opened the Stargate. Um, not sure it quite leaves that same impression, but it's still good anyway. One more point for a push and swell on Jack as uh, the sort of weird substitute SG-1 leaves on that desert mission. Um, Simmons comes... What's the... He, the Simmons guy. I don't remember him at all. Maybe I would have given some points for him if I'd remembered him, but I don't remember him. And I wish he would go away so that Walter can come back. But anyway, he's saying we can't find SG-1. And then the message comes through. <laughs> the melt failed to reveal a second sun which rose a moment ago and is going to cook us. I, right here, that is so believable that <laughs> I'm amazed it doesn't happen every week <laughs> every week the, I mean how many senses have they got on that melt does it check for every single poison uh, that every single thing that might be toxic to breathe you know what I mean <laughs> all of these planets are undergoing constant terraforming in 2000 years there could be any number of weird gases or things in the atmosphere <laughs> Anyway, um, people are working on that problem of them being cooked alive in the baking heat, and it's Sergeant Siler, so five points here, and he's talking with this crazy, like, like hair-brained professor in this weird brown suit, and it's, it's not Dr. Lee, who comes in later, he's a favorite of mine, but he's sort of a proto-Dr. Lee, kind of scatterbrained, <laughs> You, you you know that he doesn't know anything, <laughs> but he's very enthusiastic and has lots of ideas. Um, 
And then O'Neill saves the day with his DHD contraption invention thing. And it's really cool to see that because usually, of course, Carter saves the day with some sort of techno invention. How many episodes have we seen where it's Samantha Carter, take the wheel? And this time it's Jack O'Neill doing the techno stuff, the techno babble. In contrast to the last episode where like a little bit of techno babble hurt his brain in the very beginning, you remember? Matter of time. That's a, that's a good one. The, so, Stargate is trying to draw more power. Now, long time Stargate fans, you know what that means. Uh, sir, the gate is dialing out. Chevron 5, encoded. Chevron 6 is encoded. Chevron 7 is encoded? Oh, we're going to Chevron 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. I gave it 8 points there. 8 wildcard points. I'm so happy to see it. It's a different area code. It takes Stargate out of the local little world we know and uh, we thought it could could live in and has expanded the horizons to a whole other area code. I'm so happy. Chevron 8 is locked. There's, yeah, all of the slow stuff, the, the debate about do we let him go? Yeah, let him go. Cool. <laughs> It's amazing how much slow stuff is in Stargate SG-1 when you really kind of start to think about which things you can skip when you... <laughs> so he goes, and he can't come back, and he knows that. Great. Bye-bye. He meets the little gray men. We've met them before. It's the Asgard. It's not Thor, so it, there's no points. There's Thor points, but it's Asgard, baby. And it's a whole planet of Asgard. It's the planet Othala in the galaxy of Ida. Um, and <laughs> it's funny that we have subtitles. It's so funny to see alien subtitles for humans. Um, and in the end, did we really need the subtitles? I don't think we did. What did they say? He's a human from Earth. He's asking for help. But we could have got that from context. <laughs> Since they are quite humanoid, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but they have, like, the architecture of their arms and hands is pretty much identical, and their shoulders, and they have a very prominent collarbone. Uh, their pelvis is a little different, but basically they are vertebrates, and their feet, they have tripedal situation going on with the feet. But that's about the only thing that's really different with their skeletons. Yeah. So my point was... <laughs> We can actually read their body language. The puppeteers are so good. Um, I even I, I like it way better when they have a puppet rather than the the CGI Asgard. Um, yeah, we, we could have read that if all they needed to do was talk to each other and give a sort of slightly cryptic, sympathetic look, pitying the poor little human devil who has arrived here, not knowing what he does. And then they brain fry him. The Asgard have their own egg scrambling, brain frying thing. It's not a gold hand device. It's a stone that's baked into his hand. Gross or something. We speak many languages. This repository was not meant for you. Human physiology was not advanced enough. Again, with the human beings are primitive. Not advanced. The very young do not always listen. I love that they're hitting all of these points again.
And this scene at the end where Jack O'Neill puts in a plea for the human race, I actually was in tears. <laughs> Thank you, Stargate. You have taken your first steps to becoming the fifth race. Beautiful stuff. I gave it 21 points altogether. I got a lot of time for these episodes. I'm so happy that uh, season two has got all of these goodies in it. And we'll see you next time for, what is it, Serpent Song? Cheers.